Hello there. Welcome to the English Igbo Girl podcast. My name is Amaka Jessica. Season's greetings. Happy New Year. Cheers to 2022. If you're just joining the podcast for the first time, this is the English Igbo Girl podcast. I am your host, Amaka Jessica, once again. And what we do on this channel, on this podcast channel, is simple. I review, I, that is Amaka Jessica, I go over movies that I've seen over the past couple of weeks, and then I just talk about it, right? And then I tell you what I think about the movie, I read reviews probably, but for this particular episode, I'm going to be talking about Vivo. Now, over the past few weeks, I saw a couple of animated movies alongside the ones I've already watched that I rewatched. So the newer ones I saw this past few weeks were Vivo, I saw Wish Dragon, uh, Wish Dragon is 2021, Vivo is 2021 as well, Raya and the Last Dragon, I watched that last year, late last year, um, I watched Luca, I watched um, Batman the Soul of the Dragon, I watched Bilal, A New Breed of Hero, uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Free Guy, you know, it's a ton of movies I watched, but for this particular episode, we'll be talking about Vivo, and I'm going to title this episode, Things I Did Not Understand in Vivo. So stay tuned if you want to hear it. Okay, so let's just do like a summary of the whole movie Vivo, right? Now, Vivo, the title of the movie is The Kikaju. Vivo is a Kikaju. I think it's also known as a rainforest honey bear or something, right? Now, Vivo is a singer, he, let me not call him a singer, but like he spends his days singing with his owner, Andres. They go to the plaza and sing their heart out and make money up from it, right? And the funniest part is that they do not even speak the same language. He's a kikiju, so he also, he does this, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, like a monkey. And then Andres is a regular human being that speaks English and all that. Now, Vivo and Andres, they are the perfect duo. If you listen to their songs, it is absolutely beautiful. I love their first uh, song in the movie. So um, I think it's like the first song is even one of a kind. One of a, yeah, that's one of a kind. I usually put it on repeat. So I have that track on my phone as well. Now, it's not long after the movie even started. I don't think it's even up to 30 minutes. We're even 40 minutes into the movie. And Andres really receives a letter from Martha. Marta Sandoval. Marta Sandoval is Andres' partner back in the day. So Marta sent a letter to Andres inviting him to a farewell concert with the hope that they're going to reconnect, you know, catch up and all that. But the day before Andres is supposed to go and meet Marta for the farewell concert, he died. Now, Vivo is saddled with the responsibility of taking that letter to where Martha is, right? But he cannot do that because he's a kikiju. How is he going to go all the way? So he has to employ the help of Gabby. Gabby is an energetic twin and she just bouncing to the beat of her drum. <laughs> There's a song she sang, I bounce to the beat of my own drum, you know, and all of that. That's, if you've not watched the movie, that's the song she sang there. So she's just an energetic person full of character and she's her own person not to be bossed around she wants to do her thing and at the end of the day gabby helps vivo to take the letter i say letter the song all the way to martha martha finally gets to see the song 
and play the song live in front of an audience and was able to hear the feelings of unfortunately andres who had passed away so basically that's just like the whole storyline in its entirety there were a lot of you know um challenges in between especially when the the song got destroyed so they had no copy of the song but the only thing they had which were they were able to which helped them to get the song back was the fact that they actually looked at the song for like a minute or so and they re- could recall the words and the you know the beats of or the season melody yes the melody of the song so they were able to rewrite the song and give her that copy if not, if they did not remember it, I don't think they would even have given Martha anything. So the mission would have been a complete failure. But to God be the glory, that happened. <laughs> so now we're going to be talking about the things I did not understand in the movie, right? Now, Vivo, I'm going to start again. Vivo is a Kikedra. We know that he did not speak the language of human beings. And then in the beginning of when in the beginning of the narration i think he said something like me and andres we don't i don't this is not the exact words please don't misquote me these are not the exact words but i'm just going to try to remember and like paraphrase what was said he said something like me and andres do not speak the same language but when it came to music oh we were a perfect match right something like that so my question is this how did it sound because to us they're composing the music and we the viewers on the other end you know watching through the cinema screen or your phone or your laptop wherever can hear what he's saying so now in the animation i know just in the animation right what how does it sound to the listeners there are they hearing a monkey actually saying words or are they hearing him you know oh oh ah in melody to what andres is singing I, it doesn't make it what i'm saying i don't know if it makes sense to anybody but that's what i was thinking like so when because when they are done with the song vivo immediately goes back to ah, ah, you know and besides if you watch like say just hear me feel me on this one feel me on this this, this is what is what i'm saying like i did not understand it so um in normal movies you know those movies where they make animals talk right and then the owners of the animals are not actually do not actually know that the animals are communicating, right? Now we, the viewers, as understand that the animals are communicating, right? But they can't communicate to the owners why? Because the animals have their own language. Now, in vivo, the animals they were not they were not they were communicating. Yes, that's vivo. If you remember the snake, that's if you watch the movie when they were in the swamp forest, the swamp or wherever, I've forgotten the name of that place, River Glades, the Everglades, I think it's the Everglades, you know, Everglades, the monkey and that big snake, which I will still come to, they were communicating, right? But when Vivo wants to actually sing with any human being, right, they, to, to from what I know, they understand what he's saying at that point that he's singing. So how is it possible that he's understanding? They are understanding what he's saying at that particular point in time but when he's when they are done singing like he's back to ikikaju back to speaking oh, oh, ah, ah. but once it's time to sing he's singing normally and they are flowing you know it, i'm sorry but I'm like my brain was frying in that at that point i don't know if i'm supposed to be thinking like this but i do not 
it did not just blend well with my edge. I know, you know the movie was amazing. I love animated movies, at least from my other previous episodes. You should know that I love animated movies. If you give me 100 movies, 100 live actions and 100 animated movies, any day, any time, I'm going to pick the 100 animated movies. So that was like the first thing I did not understand completely, entirely and wholly. I did not know how or why it was possible. At least there's supposed to be some like logical follow-up or logical representation or explanation of the whole situation. But yeah, it, it, it just, it was blowing my brain. Even though, like I said, or like I was saying other episode, other episodes that anybody going to watch a movie or going to watch an animated movie, first of all, please just go to enjoy it first. If you go with the mind of criticizing, they're going to not enjoy the movie as we're supposed to. So the first time I watched Vigo, I completely enjoyed it. I loved it because it was a pure musical. They barely gave us breaks. It was song after song and song after song after song after song. And it was completely beautiful. Um, I'm going to give cheers to Lin-Manuel Miranda because he's the one that voiced Vigo. And supposedly, I think he's even the one that wrote most of the songs. I completely adored ev the lyric, everything about the songs that were written. Um, and yes, I also discovered that he is also the one that wrote the scores for um, Encanto. Because I was listening, I was watching Encanto. I heard the way, um, what's her name, the lead actor? Oh my God, I can't even remember. I just watched it a few days ago. The lead, uh, ah, that, ah. I can't even, the lead act, actress, yes, the way she was singing, I could tell, I was like, she's singing like Vivo, and then I recalled that, okay, I then checked immediately, this sounds like Vivo, and then I went back and I saw that it was Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I'm like, oh, that explains, he, it was the same vibe of Vivo that I was getting in Encanto, which made me love the movie way, way better. So that's one thing I didn't understand in Vivo. On to the next one. Okay, so the second thing I did not understand in Vivo was the snake in the Everglades, right? The snake who the, all the creatures in the Everglades feared because it, it likes peace and quiet and all that. And Vivo being the Vivo that he is a noisy, singing Kikiju, right? Now... I know that animation is like an exaggerated reality. I'm going to call it that because that's what I call it, right? Now, the characters are more beautiful. Colors pop more. Uh, emotions are expressed more definitely because, like, if a character is uh, uh, crying, you can really feel the pain because the face is contoured a different way. If the character is happy, you can see it clearly and definitely. You know, the character is confused. You know, they do it with the eyes, the body movement, and all that and all that, which is sometimes somehow hard to achieve in normal live actions. And like the scenarios they put in animation, some more majority cannot be achieved in live action movies, which is why I enjoy um, animated movies. It's like anim your imagination is coming to life, literally, in a movie, right? So now... The snake in the Everglades was chasing down uh, Vivo because he could not keep quiet when he was trying to 
uh, and this that how it happened. No, that's not how it happened. Shasha, understand that the snake, if you've watched it, or just check it out, look for it. The snake in Vivo, Tukuju, in Vivo, right? That snake is larger than life. That let's just let's just put that on a stamp and seal, sign, seal, and deliver. That snake is larger than life. I get that probably it's supposed to look scary and all that, but it scared me. Now, when I watched Vivo, I watched it on my phone. I watched it on Netflix on my phone, right? But then I downloaded it afterwards when it was out for download, and then I sent it to my laptop. I watched it on my laptop. I watched it over and over again because I loved the performances in the song in the in the movie, right? Now, my question was, why was that snake so large? Because I get that anacondas are ridiculously large. I get that pythons are ridiculously large. Anacondas, are they even a real thing? I don't I know, but I know pythons are definitely a real thing. Now, I get that it's supposed to look scary and, you know, big, you know, I don't know the character description and all that, but I know that it's supposed to look scary and all that. But that, that snake was, that snake can mount those three girls those three uh, sand dollars in one mouthful without even saying let it take one and gulp take one and go like a mouth all of them in one run opening right so it was scary because i imagined okay if this was in a cinema and i say i took my cousins to that uh, to the cinema my cousins are little little kids right i said let me just take them because i love watching animated movies with kids so what would, their, what would their reaction be? That thing was really scary and all that. But anyway, it's still part of the movie. I still enjoyed it. It was not scary to me, but that thing was big. <laughs> Imagine that in a real-life scenario, a snake that is larger than a door, like the length of your door. If it positions its head, it reaches up to the length of your door. What? And is that fat? My God, it's as fat as a cow, like the wheat, I think. As a cow. That was that was that was larger than life, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. For the size of the characters in the movie, because the size, the character the, the children and say the adults, right? Okay, let's just say the average adult. That thing was larger than normal adult. I'm sure it was even larger than an elephant if you put it together. Uh-uh. All wrong now. <laughs> but then, but at the same time, it was still enjoyable. Now the third thing. Which is going to round up the things I did not understand in Vivo were those sand dollars. Now I knew Abi, I know that those sand dollars were supposed to be doing, let me call it like an outreach. They are saving the wildlife, endangered species, go go to go, and blah blah blah. They are supposed to be saving the wildlife. So when they started chasing down uh, Gabi and the Kikuju. First of all, let's start like this. Gabby's mom is looking for her, which is very strange to me. Your daughter disappeared and then you started hunting her down because you know where she's going. That is very beautiful. You know, it shows that the mom, there's a parent that you know, is deliberately looking for her children. But now those three sand dollars are left where they were supposed to be. And after they have finished their outreach or program, I'm going to call it program, program in that place, they're supposed to go back home. They start chasing down somebody that is not chasing them. And then it then it, it became night, right? And they got their uncle's boat and they started driving to New York. Now, how did those children learn to drive a boat? Now, that is my question. That's question number one. How did they learn to drive that boat? Because that's a speedboat. I think that, that be, yeah, is the question. 
how did they learn to drive that boat? That's one. The second question would be, did they out that late? They were not bothered about, oh my God, my mom is going to be so worried about me. I need to go back home. Uh, Gabby, you and Kikuju, good luck. Not, no, nobody said that in the movie. Those children, I'm not even sure they're up to 15 years old. And guess what? They're, no, he's unacceptable to me. That's that the second question. Where were their parents when they were growing up and down with Gabby? At least I know that Gabby was following, was going somewhere. I know that, okay, yes, the Sandalas know where they were going, right? They knew where they were going. But where were their parents at that point in time? Yeah, uh, and I think now it's not like I'm actually <laughs> nagging and complaining, but these are just the things I did not understand, right? That's just it. Where did those tiny children, because I'm sure they're in middle school, they're not in high school. So where did they learn? Where? How? Why should they be able to drive a full boat to another city? It's not proper. That's my own. They went to a swamp without adult supervision. So anybody that's listening to this, please tell your children not to run off and be looking for what's not looking for them. That's my own. Period. Then the second thing out of this uh, observation is where were their parents? They ran off into the night. Support, I get that they were, you know, supporting the, 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 the um, Gabby, which if they did not do that, Gabby and Viva wouldn't have gotten to where they are. And all that, right? So they had a part to play in the whole story. Meanwhile, there's all this thing I'm saying, you know, they all had their own part to play in the story, right? And blah, blah, blah. So that whole snake chaos was what led to this, the, the, the song being uh, destroyed. So in as much as I'm questioning a lot of things and why something did not make sense to me, at the same time, I know that each and every single thing had a role to play. Everything was very intentional. That is what that is the takeaway from this podcast episode. I think that's what you should understand. But still on still, those are the things I did not still understand. So I'm gonna go like on a short, say like five second break, play like an interlude, and I'm going to read a couple of reviews like I usually and normally do. Good reviews and bad reviews. I think we'll just take two, two, and then we'll be done for this episode, right? So, hope you're still listening. Okay, so we are on to the reviews. So, these reviews that I read, most of the reviews that I read in my podcast episodes, I get them from Common Sense Media. So, I'm going to start off with one I found very interesting, which was very heartwarming for me. So I'm seeing the title of this uh, review is called Best Film for Calming My Son. Now, she wrote, or whoever it is, wrote that my 18-month-old son is showing signs of autism and it can be very difficult to calm him down. But, oh my God, this film is my lifesaver because it calms him instantly every time. He loves it and it's on about three times a day. Nothing else calms him. That's so sweet. Now I need to find how to get him to eat. This is so lovely. Honestly, if I'm bored, I am going to go find Vivo. I was supposed to delete it, but I felt this was something that, this movie was something that's going to get me, you know, extremely happy whenever I wanted to be happy. So I kept it and I saved it. It's on my phone and it's on my laptop and soon to be on my hard drive. So 
I get where she's coming from. The mood, the songs are very calming. The songs, um, it explores topics that are sensitive, like death, the way it was, it was touched and all that. So I loved, I just loved the, everything about Vivo, honestly, even though I'm still going to say I did not understand some things in it, but it was beautiful. And we thank God that your son is able to calm down after watching Vivo. So give it to them. Animation is an amazing world. I don't know anybody that beats down on animation. You're not a friend of mine. Now, this second uh, movie, I said movie, oh my gosh. This second review is titled Beautiful Celebration of Life, Love, and Music. Now, the review says, while the death of Andres is sad, it isn't heart-wrenching. And my seven-year-old said, it was sad, but he was an old man, so he was less sad. I guess, I understand that. <laughs> so, and then let's, let's just continue if I make any comments. The review continues saying, the snake seems to be scary for younger viewers. You see, just, just as I said, that snake scene, I, I know I said I was going to, no, I was not going to say anything, but I'm just giving like the reaction. I said, this snake scene, it was, it was blown out of proportion. Although I understand its relevance, you know, the chaos and fear and horror in their eyes that they didn't know what they were doing. They just wanted to be alive, causing the song, uh, the song itself they were holding, trying to secure to get destroyed in the whole chaos. I get, I understand. But that scene was just, it was scary. But not to me, though. I love horror movies on a daily. But <laughs> the snake seems to be scary for younger viewers, but it was fine for my sensitive kiddo. My seven-year-old and I both love this movie, particularly for its music, which is enjoyable to both kids and adults. I also appreciate the multi-generational characters, the emphasis on family in its different forms, and the celebration of spunky kids. This movie was a lovely spark of joy for us, and I hope it is for you too. So yeah, cheers to this reviewer. Thank you for saying everything that was in my mind. You read my mind from top to bottom. Now, I think we're just going to go to some... Mm, bad reviews. So this one had a one star. It's titled Too Sad. Wow. The movie was very joyful for me. I don't know how it was sad for you. Okay, but let's read. Which I think I understand. I was bothered around the death of someone and, you know, trying to remember him and put his memory as a legacy kind of thing and then taking the song to... But anyway, let's just read it. The, the This review is titled too sad this movie is very sad my eight-year-old cried almost through the whole movie wow there is a death at the beginning and the theme continues throughout the whole film true i think children should be exposed to a, to a range of complex emotions including grief however in my opinion this movie is way too heavy for many children at the end of the film both of my children wondered out loud through their tears why people would make such a movie wow this is actually i did not expect this review usually i go over my reviews before um doing a podcast but i'm actually reading this in real time i did not expect the children to actually cry a lot i watched this movie with my cousins and they enjoyed every single bit of it so for your children to react like this i think probably they're just a bit more sensitive to sensitive issues and sensitive topics so before i think what i'd suggest in cases like this, which is what I do, 
before I give any movie to my cousins, my younger siblings, before I give any movie to them, what I do is I go over the movie. I don't just watch it once. I watch it, I watch it once, twice, three times, four times. I think the least amount of times I'd watch a movie before I give it to my younger siblings would be three times. So I'd go over that movie three times to make sure it's not sending a wrong message or, you know, not going to give off. I, I always want movies that would make, would eventually make children happy. So if it's not going to, you know, give, exude the emotions I want from my kids, I won't give it to them. So that's what I'm going to suggest. Whenever a new movie comes out, no matter how good the thriller is, you don't need to show your children those movies first especially now that there are um, subliminal messages in animations or in movies generally so i'd suggest you go over those movies before you give it to them to watch to because this them in tears and all of that uh it's not really good because if they are reacting the way you are writing then they probably take a longer time to get over that those emotions that you put them through because you did not go over them in those movies first as a parent or as a guardian. So I'm not really seeing any more reviews on this first page and network is making this a lot more stressful. So I think I'm just going to give this. So overall, I think I give Vivo uh, an, a 9 or an 8, 8.5 or 10. But if I'm being honest, how I felt on the first day, I'm going to give it 100 over 10. <laughs> but after all those things, uh, I think if I'm just going to give it a, I'm just going to give it like 8.5, but all on the 9, basically, because I'm an animation enthusiast and everything is like top notch for me. And I totally, totally enjoyed Vivo. So basically, that's just everything about Vivo, what I thought about it. This is the English Evo Girl podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more podcasts like this, do subscribe to this channel wherever you may be. Maybe on Breaker, maybe on Stitcher, maybe on Spotify, wherever you may be. Just subscribe and you'll be getting more of this lately. I want to switch up how I do my podcast, right? Usually I narrate the entire thing and then react to how it is. But I think this particular method is easier for me because I can just talk about it, how it comes naturally to me. So probably this is how I'm going to be doing episodes from now on. Because it's easier for me to just tell you how exactly I thought while I was watching the movie, right? So that's it. See you next time on the English Evil Girl podcast. Your girl, Amaka Jessica, will be with you in the next episode. Bye.